Hjärtlig välkommen. Welcome to another episode at the Oslo Raw podcast. It's about pleasure, it's about stress and it's about oxytocin and all you can do with that. So today's guest is one of my all-time favorite pleasure and hygge inspirations. She's a naturopath specialized in women's health, our hormones and how to give our bodies the natural remedies to live in balance. On in our last episode with uh, Caroline, we talked about how our bodies naturally heal, detoxifies, and how it can how we can counterbalance stress with with pleasure. It's not about cutting stress away, avoiding it, but rather creating an environment that makes us more resilient to stress. And avoiding stress seems to not really work. Research shows, and Caroline talks a lot about how to be good at stressing the upside of stress and how to embrace and learn from it instead of controlling, avoiding, or even focusing on de-stressing and how to reduce it, you know. And you hear all the time, stress causes heart disease, stress causes insomnia, stress is bad for you. But what if changing how we think about stress could make us happier, healthier, and better able to reach our goals? Um, So what if everything we think about stress was wrong and what we have been learning and thought about it you know and I really wanted to talk with Caroline about this because you really are a hormone expert and we can't avoid stress it's everywhere and should we even avoid it so welcome Caroline thank you could you tell me quickly how you deal with stress <laughs> yeah, quickly, quickly, fast. Tell me quick. <laughs> I don't have much time. Please tell me. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, don't let other people pressure you. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well. Well, first of all, I have um. Well, what most people would actually think could be a pretty stressful life. I'm a single mom. I have uh, three children. Um, one, the youngest, Cosmo, who's four, and then I have Sophia, who's 10, and then I have Chalfie, who is 16. So, you know, <laughs> a toddler and a teenager under the same house, and my middle girl, she's autistic. So <laughs> it's kind of a, I have my hands full of that. And um, your work is it's tremendous you help so many women i've been following you for ages and i mean the impact and the value you give others is so big so i want just want to say that you're not just a mother you're like you have so <laughs> much and you produce and you're so effective and it seems like you manage stress really well you have your techniques and that's also your teaching is how to give you give your body the amount of pleasure to deal with everything yeah because when you get children, first of all, the, the way that I really do stress or, or one of the things that I really, um, the way that I tackle stress is that I um, I love my job. I love working and I love researching and, and writing about uh, how we um, talk to our bodies or how we translate that language of the body, the biochemical language, which is our hormones. Um, so I love that. And that was really one of the things that made me realize that we needed to learn so much more about this stuff, um, how to communicate properly with our bodies, um, especially women, because our bodies are so much a hormone system. 
um, is so much more affected by the environment that we put it in. Um, probably because our bodies are designed to, to have children and to bear life. Um, so we have to have this um, incredible sensory system that kind of senses danger, uh, famine, you know, everything that could be bad for, for going through a pregnancy, which is kind of, you know, you have children, so you know that that is one of the most um, dreadful things you can do to your body. It's amazing to be pregnant and it's amazing to, to be able to create life in that way. It, it really is, but it's also really hard work for your body. So if you're in an environment where there is a danger, hunger, or something that could be too draining for the body so that it would put the mom in danger going for a pregnancy, you know, the, the body can just shut down on your fertility. Um, and it does that by regulating our hormone system so that you produce more pro prolactin, um, which is a hormone that just shuts off your ovulation. Um, so our, our hormone system is so easily affected by the environment that we are in. And, and I always say to my, um, to my clients that, you know, stress is the first thing that we work with you can you can take a million supplements and vitamins and eat raw cake and all of that stuff but if you don't you know really um nourish your body not just with supplements and herbal concoctions and all of that but real nourishment where you look at all of the things that 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 is too much of a drain on your body then you know you won't get anywhere so if your body is stressed if you produce too much cortisol um, that will be the first thing to drain your body and to drain your hormone system. But what does research says about this? What research says about this? Because there's been a research that showed, and this is something you wrote. Yes. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah. That the belief I about it. Rhesus. <laughs> like the chocolate. <laughs> Me too. No. Um, well, there's so much research about stress, you know, because it's kind of. Um, um, something everybody experiences and there's so much disease um in the tailgate of stress um because it's there's not one thing in your body that isn't affected by stress uh, every enzyme system is affected by stress and it's the enzymes that produces and converts our hormones um so everything is affected by stress and stress is is a lot of things because you know, especially in the wellness world where we work, it's um you always hear that stress is a bad thing and it's so bad for you. And and that is also true. And if you're stressed for a really long time, a prolonged stress, that will affect so many things in your body. But stress is also, you know, um something that everybody experiences in life. It's it's a natural part of your life you know it shouldn't be necessarily a part of your everyday life but you will have stress in your life and the way that we communicate today about stress is that you need to be stress-free you know you know you, you need to live in this perfect house with um um forest outside and uh everything is just clean and tidy and douche colors um but nobody lives like that you know so a part of balance is to also know what to do when chaos is there. Um, because chaos is a natural part of your everyday life. There will be chaos. So if you don't know how to deal with stresses of life, it, it will 
probably be more dangerous to you or harmful to you to go through these phases of stress. But if you know what stress is and what it's really trying to do of good things for your body to survive for resilience, um, it will actually be really good for you because you're also under stress and during stress produce hormones that are really good for you. For example, oxytocin. Uh, which is a good hormone that kind of tries to rebuild your body. You also produce a, a hormone called DHEA, um, which is also doing good things to your body and trying to rebuild it from the damage that happens when you produce a lot of cortisol and adrenaline, which are the fight and flight response. The problem is that if you produce prolonged amount um, time of, of um, a cortisol and adrenaline, like the first phases of stress um, and you prolong that phase, kind of the body needs, it, it's reducing more of the building blocks for building these stress hormones than the body can actually get because you get those building blocks from the food that you eat. Um, and, and at some point, you know, there's not enough DHEA to counterbalance that um, overdrive of stress hormones of cortisol that you're using. Um, and the body will start not producing enough DHEA either. And then it kind of gets um, bad for you to stress. But that happens over time if you're kind of in stress every day, you know, which most people are because most people live a life where you don't sleep enough. And you, you, you know, the average thing gets six hours of sleep. Um, so, and, and I get like eight or nine hours of sleep. And there's so many people getting a lot less than six hours of sleep then. And it's when you're sleeping, it, it kind of seems like a waste because most people think we're just lying there, um, but we're not. Um, it's the sleep phases are when the body and especially the hormone system is kind of rebuilding everything and, and remodeling all of the damages that we did to our body when we were using it. Um, so everything kind of gets put in the right places and if we don't do that for an, uh, the correct amount of time, then the body doesn't rebuild itself properly. Um, so the hormone system really needs this sleep. Also, if you, when you've tried to have small children, you know how damaging sleep it is to be sleep deprived. Um, and you can feel it, you, you know, every everything aches inside of you and that's a, actually because of some of the um, the pro-inflammatory cytokines that you make when you don't get enough sleep. So it's it's one of the things that can produce a lot of inflammation, chronic inflammation in the body. Especially if you think it's dangerous, you know, it's even yes. worse because if we, if we, if I'm stressed and I'm feeling, but it's okay, it will, re it will go away naturally. And I, I just care so much about this. So I'm just stressing a little bit. It feels like my body is, it's like needing it in a gentle way and it's going away rather quickly and I'm much more kind yes. to myself. But other times I see myself thinking, oh, this is bad. You have to de-stress, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets worse. Yes. So this, this mindset this is... around stress is essential. It is. It's the um... So the way that we always talk about stress as a bad thing, first of all, it's um, that's the first step to kind of wrap our heads around how stress really works and to understand it because stress is there to tell us something. It's kind of a warning signal that something needs to be done. You have to do something about the situation. And if it becomes chronic, 
that you are not doing anything about the situation that's stressing you, um, then it's draining you and it will drain your all of your vitality and it will create disease at some point. That is bad. But the good thing about stress is that it's there's a warning signal to kind of change direction. You know, either you need more sleep, you need to do something about um, your partner, <laughs> you know, get a divorce or you can't get rid of the children, but maybe you could make some adjustments to your family life or get more help or all of those things you need to look at. Um, so stress is a warning signal. But if you only hear the side of stress, of the, the telling about stress that it's um, bad for you, you will go into more panic when you feel stress and say, oh, my God, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed out. And then you all have the, we have the story that we have to do stress reduction and stress reduction. And, and I have to, to lay down. I have to breathe. I have, I have to, to stop. You know, I can't yes. do continue my life and before I'm completely calm have control of this stress and you can never control stress it's like trying to control chaos um but what you can do is is you know maybe just sit more quietly with it and think about what's this what is the stress about what is it telling me and then have faith that um stress is actually also good for you there are studies that tells us that um how harmful stress will be to your body is all about your perception of stress. So if you put, um, they did a study, there's this uh, group, they took a group of people and divided them into two and um, put um, the, the first group, they had to, to read a lot of studies about stress and the perception of stress. That if you knew that stress was good for you and that it didn't do harmful things, um, but stress was actually a warning sign and it would um, make you work better and make you work faster and think clearer and be better at um, problem solution. Uh, when they read that and then they put this group into a stressful situation, they had to, to uh, kind of be in an examination room with a boring teacher sitting and evaluating them, like kind of the most stressful thing. And they had to do a lecture that they weren't prepared for, kind of, you know, your worst nightmare instead of, they weren't naked on the scene, but it was really, really stressful for them. And then this other group, they did, um, they did had them um, read a lot of uh, studies telling them how bad stress were for you and how it will deteriorate your body and you know all that shenanigan. And then they put them on stage and they had to perform as well. And then they they did um, their biomarkers, so they they. Um, draw blood for them and they saw their levels of cortisol adrenaline and dhea and for that group who also read all of the literature about how stress can be good for you and make you perform better their biomarkers for stress were so much better they produced a lot more dhea which will counterbalance the bad effects of um, cortisol and adrenaline um and they actually also did uh, population studies where they uh, they um saw that um, groups of people who had a belief that uh, stress weren't that bad and they were more enjoying their life and um, they actually did live, um, I think it was up to eight years longer than people who were convinced that stress was really bad for you and that you had to control it and de-stress and stress was like the worst thing. So so the, the, there is a thing about the stress and stress management can be actually quite stressful in itself. You know, when you just 
go to a yoga class and you have to do yoga because it's good for you. You know, you read that online in the women's magazine and you just lie on your mat and you do when, uh, all of those to-do lists in your head. That's quite a, that's kind of more stressful than if you just went to do all of those things on your to-do list and then maybe just watch Netflix on the couch in the evening with a cozy blanket on. And I think we've kind of lost that connection to our own body because we're so mind focused and we read, oh my God, how does my body really work? And, and we haven't really learned that language of the body because it's it's an individual language, you know. I might deal better with stress than the next person might do. Um, so we have to kind of, we have to feel those things inside of us and learn to, to um, learn the, the language of the body, the communication of the body, what it's trying to tell you. Um, I think that's the most important thing, especially for women, because we know you, you and me, we are the target of the wellness industry, trying to make money of new um, things that women need to do to take care of themselves. But actually, it's just that simple as, uh, you know, sleep more, get more sleep, get more quality sleep. Um, watch more Netflix, do more things that are really good for you, talk more to your friends. Um, the studies that show that um, talking uh, and listening, like the podcasts, um, is actually really, really good for women because it makes us produce a lot more oxytocin. And oxytocin is this hormone that we know as the, uh, the love hormone, um, but it's really more of a bonding hormone. And it's also a de-stress hormone, which I think is the most important thing about oxytocin because you cannot have oxytocin and adrenaline and cortisol in the body at the same time. So instead of just running around focusing on um, de-stressing and getting those cortisol levels down, <laughs> you know, you, you could just think about, so how do I get more oxytocin into my body? And um, it is much more pleasurable because oxytocin is also a pleasure hormone. So when you, when you do pleasurable things, your oxytocin level automatically rises and your stress levels, your adrenaline and your cortisol automatically goes down. They even did studies where um, uh, they they took a petri dish with cell cultures with cancer in it. They put um, cortisol in it, and the cancers just exploded. They they grew a lot more, and then they poured oxytocin on them. Same, not the same cultures, but identical cell cultures with cancer, and they they um, regressed. So you can you could you know you cannot take a petri dish study and say that was is what will happen in the body, but we know so much now about how stress um, affects the all all things in the body. Um, but we need a lot of more studies. There's, there's a lot of uh, preliminary studies showing that oxytocin will have the direct opposite effect that stress has. So you can actually you know, use oxytocin to kind of rebuild the body and, and de-stress instead of just focusing on all of the things you need to add to the to-do list to stress less. I can't hear you. Sorry, I was unmuted because uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> yeah, um, I was really listening which is very comforting, you know, when you hear beautiful, like good words with good intention, it's really calming. Like I just yeah. disappeared into what you were saying. So I muted myself. 
which is a good sign. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we need both. We need yes. the stress and we need the relaxation slash oxytocin experiences, the higgis. Yes. I would be so bored if I was just supposed to relax, you know? Yeah. And I would be burned <laughs> out if I was just working. Well, everybody, you know, I, I um, one of the ways that I de-stress is uh, to yell and to be angry. <laughs> And you know, it doesn't. It it it's not really like um what you see on a uh, on a poster of this yogi um in weird positions and meditating, but I think one of the most important things to de-stress is actually listening to your, what your body needs. And and I'm a mom of three, so I'm angry a lot of the time. <laughs> and you know, you you can't be that with two three children, not all of the time at least. So I just go. I have a, a, a what do you call it? Um, um, a boxing area in my garage, and or I lift weights, you know, and listen to 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 heavy metal, really really angry heavy metal, like guys rolling, and I'm just Whoa. because we need to get all of that energy out as well. You know, you can't just get if you're angry and you're stressed, and there are a lot of things to be angry about today. Um, it will eat you up instead. So I really, I need to get an outlet of all of that anger. And then I'm really, really grounded afterwards. I couldn't just be angry and then, oh, I have to fight all of this anger and go and meditate. That's <laughs> suppression. To get it That's suppression. That's exactly. so unhealthy. I remember when I started my healing journey when I was 19. And what helped me the most was this Osho dynamic meditation. I did this for a month every morning and it included a lot of, you know, expressing screaming dancing hitting like really screaming i don't think i had then screamed can you say that Scr scr <laughs> I, I hadn't screamed um, yeah. since i was a kid probably then and as the physical screaming must be so healthy for the body we are so in control and suppressed and what is most stressful is that you know that suppressed yes. anger it's natural so we that's such a great idea yeah, exactly. And if you don't have a boxing pillow, you can go into the bedroom and scream into a pillow. <laughs> there are techniques, you know, and it that's like, it takes just a few minutes to get it out. It doesn't, it's not like yeah. hours of, oh no, I'm going into this. Feelings has a very short life. They do, they do. And then they leave naturally if you let them. Otherwise, they will just stay in your body like forever. And they did, they did studies on that. Um, so if you if you um, peel an onion and you have tears in your eyes, uh, those tears will be just mostly salt water. But if you have um, tears in your eyes because you wept, because you're angry, because you're sad, those tears will have cortisol in them. So we think that um, crying is actually a, a way of de-stressing for the body. But, you know, that's not allowed on Facebook. You know, that's not allowed on, intro, uh, on um, Instagram. So we don't, we hide all of those feelings. And we should talk so much more about those things because that's not something to be ashamed of. That is a natural bodily process that we should not be ashamed of. So I've, start just, I've started talking to friends and colleagues so much more about all of those feelings that uh, kind of, you know, put you in a vulnerable position. At my old offices, we actually had this um, this um, 
cabinet for screaming where we we could all go and one by one go inside and just scream and yell and you know say all of the worst words um and that um and, and we did that because you need to to kind of get all of those feelings out and we also have a, a room for working out and, and a boxing pillow so you know you could get all of your aggressions out when you have you know especially customer services they had to do that a lot sometimes um and it's so healthy to do that. And it feels better sometimes to be angry. And maybe that's there's less shame connected to being angry. But feel, being sad and crying feels more vulnerable. So I've started, you know, just whenever um, I had a good cry, I tell people about it. Maybe not on Instagram. Um, but I tell people when I meet them, not like in in in. Um, <laughs> when I go shopping or anything and I say oh I just had a good cry what about you um but <laughs> yesterday I had this really really tough day with my children and then later on I'm meeting with um uh, some of the parents that I kind of mostly know professionally um and they just told them, well I just we were going to debate something about children and schools and in Denmark and public schools and politics. And I just told them up front, you know, I just cried all the, the way in the air uh, in the car because I'm so angry about this. This means so much to me. Um, and I think it's so important that we could talk more openly about all of the feelings, not just the happy feelings or the sourdough baking and the pretty, pretty things that we do on Instagram, but also, um, and, you know get all of those feelings out there not just um crying alone and not telling anybody about it but you know that should be just a natural part and also to show that to our children that it is okay to be angry and it is okay to cry um because you know when when we were kids the first thing when we would cry the first things that parents did was to to put um what do you call it suit we call it in danish yeah so there yeah, yeah um what do we call that in english soother um pacifier soother pacifier and it's so even that word a pacifier exactly and and in danish it's it's actually the real name for it is nasut so that means that you are kind of um uh uh, cheating the 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 kids to to be comforted um and that is what we're doing because when we we um kind of derude the 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 kids um brain from feeling angry to sucking on something. And when you suck on something, um, your natural instincts takes over and the produce the, the brain produces pleasure hormones and that will kind of overrule the sadness or the anger that the, the child Overrating. is feeling. Yes. And then we would, um, that's what we learn then. So when we get angry at, you know, we call it comforting. But this is not a weird thing that then when we get angry or sad, then we comfort ourselves with alcohol, cigarettes, or but yeah, or, that's um, what I meant—not overeating, eating. but like yeah, you, you put something in, you overrule of- it. Yes, yes, you bypass that natural instinct to let those feelings out because they're not, you know, tolerated, and most of us never think about it because we think that we're comforting when we stop the crying, but actually, maybe the crying isn't meant to be stopped you know of course you shouldn't let your 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 toddler bleed out in the street or anything but comforting is just telling um that it's okay to feel those feelings and ask feelings. questions 
How is that uh, feel? Exactly. Not saying, is that bad or is it good? It's more like, tell me more. Yeah, or just, I understand it. That must be so frustrating. Actually, sometimes with my children, I try to do, I, I try to go the other way of, of comforting and just kind of enlarging what they feel because then it also, they will see it quicker. They will feel understood and it gets, you know, it's just this poof and then it's gone. Um, because they what have do with ourselves. Exactly. So I, I, I just tell them, wow, I see, even the, even if I am the root of the problems, because I said no to something that they can't do, um, and they uh, get really sad, angry, or frustrated, and are crying, and I comfort them, I hold them, and I say, I do really understand that you're this mad about this, but you still can't do this. Um, but it's okay that you are frustrated, but this is just the way that it is. And how um, can we, how can we, that's like the emotional stuff, but how can we use food and tonics and lattes and everything in a good, healthy way to reduce stress? Yeah. Well, first of all, we, we could, you know, um, use them before we need to, you know, put something in our mouth. Um, so just get that everyday pleasure into your diet, into your lifestyle, and don't feel guilty about doing something that's not necessarily healthy because feeling guilty about it is actually worse for your body. Um, so I always I, I always tell my clients that you know you know the feeling of stress. Most people know that feeling of um, stress when you that kind of uh, quick breathing and you're perspiring and everything is like situation going. <laughs> yeah. All of all, everybody knows that feeling, how stress is. But what is the feeling of pleasure? You know, how do you feel when you feel pleasureful? Um, and everybody always thinks about sex when I say that. But it, that that is also pleasure, but not necessarily a, a pleasureful thing that you can do all of the time, um, or in public. So the feeling of pleasure is more that uh, feeling. When you when you go to the hairdressers and they touch the, the back of your neck and you're like oh it feels so good and um everything is kind of tinkling and you feel totally light and I I I think that is the feeling of pleasure and the feeling of oxytocin um but how much of your time every day is filled with that kind of feeling of if you put it um opposite the feeling of stress. You know, if you have a weight and you weigh those feelings, what weighs more in your everyday life? The feeling of pleasure or the feeling of stress? And I think most people feel the feeling of stress. So if you then look at those two feelings as hormones, you have the adrenaline and the cortisol on one weight, and then you have the oxytocin, the pleasure on one weight. And you imagine your everyday life, what weighs more? Is it balance between these or is it more stress and less oxytocin feeling i think most people feel more stress than oxytocin every day but when you think about what those hormones do to your body that stress is in the long time in the long run kind of breaking down your body and oxytocin is rebuilding it and making you happier and thinner and stronger and all of the things that you want um, is there then balance between those two or are you actually one by one time, you know, second by second, minute by minute of your everyday life, um, kind of um, 
draining your body for those hormones. So which are the most distressing uh, pleasure recipes or like dishes? Could be latte, could be cacao or whatever. What would you like answer in the food life here? Yes, Um, I think it changes all of the time for me personally. Um, There are things that I, I, uh, you know, make every day for a month and then I get enough of it. So it's, uh, it's always changing for me. But some of the things the foods that I use for distressing are some of the foods that kind of um, affect our brain chemistry. So you have to get the amino acids, first of all, to, to build stress hormones. Uh, and one of those um, uh, stress hormones uh, building blocks of tyrosine, uh, which we make to uh, produce to, um, we need that to produce more adrenaline, not to produce more adrenaline but to fill the requirements for a stressful life so and if you don't have those building blocks you will feel it in your body there's uh, are studies showing that um, adding more of uh, this amino acid to uh, to the soldiers diets in in combat will make them more resourceful will make them more resilient and will make them better problem solving and um, it's also good for your metabolism and everything like that. Um, so I try to get enough of this amino acid, tyrosine, in, in my everyday food. I also try to, that's like caviar and protein filled, you know, everything that's rich in protein um, is actually a good source. What about the capsule? Yeah, L tyrus and I, I and and sometimes I do that, and sometimes I put it in my lattes because I had so much, so many years in the health industry. Um, I really don't like taking capsules and supplements, so I try to incorporate it in my food instead. And I love, you know, putting it in lattes and things like that. Another good thing is glycine, which is a part of um, a collagen. Um, so everybody takes collagen for uh, a wrinkle-free face and for butt and everything. <laughs> I think it does, you know. <laughs> then well, it works. Yeah, then it works. Uh, um, it's all about perception. <laughs> um, but one more thing that it should work on, and studies show that it works on, is um, uh, our stress levels because it has kind of an, um, a de-stressing effect on your brain. And another great thing is uh, L-theanine from uh, green tea for matcha, um, which is also, it affects the GABA receptor in the brain, which is also, um, you know, if you take Valium, that's also a thing affecting that receptor. So when you affect that receptor, um, the body gets more tranquil, more relaxed, your brain gets more relaxed, but without being, you know, um, you, you still think clear and you still have a sharp brain and you're a lot better at concentrating. It affects the brain waves as well. So you produce more alpha waves. Um, I like that. And then, of course, it's like the mother of de-stress or being good to your brain and the stress levels cacao <laughs> it's it's you know amazing for everything um and i just love it i love ceremonial cacao i make it almost every day both in the morning it's it's a strange thing for me it in the morning i get energy from it 
but when I make it in the evening as well, I just get more relaxed from it. Um, but um, cacao teobroma, um, it contains um, some compounds that act as uh, mayo inhibitors. And mayo is this enzyme that breaks down serotonin after you've used it in the brain. So serotonin is, is this happiness hormone. And when you inhibit mal, you have serotonin in circuit for longer time. So it has more time to work and spread happiness in your brain. And serotonin in dog is also transformed into melatonin so that you sleep better. Um, so that is some of the main things that I eat um, every day or drink every day. And I try to get them as easy as possible because, you know, we're big, both big fans of uh, baking raw cakes, but I don't do that on an everyday basis. You know, it also has to be quick and easy. And losses is one of those easy and quick things. You can just put everything good for you in a powder form, enter it and whip it up. And then you have a latte and it's so comforting and soothing. And that milk foam, you know, with oat latte or, or soy latte is so comforting and warm and also and in, in Chinese medicine it's also like the the warmth you know it's so important yeah. for organs especially in in the Nordics where it's cold it's yes. really important for that warm even though iced matcha latte is really good <laughs> yeah it is it is <laughs> I it's kind of use iced matcha hmm? yeah I, I use it iced when I need to focus and then I use the warm lattice when I need to relax and unwind <laughs> because there's so much yeah, there's so much hygge in that warm beverage and you can just snuggle up with it. It's so comforting. And I think, you know, that's something we could do for our kids. That's a, the, the mother's comfort for the children. But we never do that to ourselves. Who's going to mother us when we need it? Um, that's what and, we do. We do share yeah. these recipes, you know, in so many ways. So that's, that's exactly. beautiful. So which adaptogens and mushrooms would you recommend? Oh, I love I I love lion's mane at the moment. It's uh, we can't get it in Denmark. It's terrible. What? I yes. sell it in in my cafes. Yeah, go to Norway. <laughs> <laughs> I love actually going to Norway, and I'm just shopping, shopping everything. No, we have really really strict uh, regulations and um on health food in Denmark. Uh, we have uh, that uh, novel food sack from the European Union. Yeah, that's uh, not good. Um, but you know, there's always buying it from Norway <laughs> or going on to Amazon. Uh, I love that lion's mane because it makes me focused and I, you know, with three children and all of that circus, I have to stay focused. Otherwise I'll just forget them somewhere. Um, and, um, what do I, I, I consider chocolate to be an adaptogen as well. And then I use a lot of passion flower. Um, for uh, calming and mm. I love that magnesium and passion flower there's a this great product called Pasca Flare and I use it um, to sleep better it also affects the um, the GABA receptor so it's kind of like natural valium and you sleep better and you sleep longer and you sleep um, deeper so it's the, the, the quality of your sleep gets so much better. And you could also use it as an kind of an anti-anxiety natural drug. Um, so for me, that is the most important things of feeling healthy or being healthy. That is getting enough sleep. That is the first thing. How do you take passion flower? 
Um, I take passion flower as a, um, a, a as a, a capsule, actually, um, because it's the strongest um, way I found to take it. And I need, and um, I've also tried powders and adding it into things, and that's also good. But you know, with two children and a dog, I need something stronger to knock me out. <laughs> Um, and I find I've found so many ways to kind of hack my own stress response and to be more resilient. But sleep is, you know, the mother of all things. I have to get enough sleep. Um, so I, I, I use all of the things that I can to get more sleep and better sleep, which is magnesium, passion flower. Um, but also, you know, having a nice bedroom, um, not working in my bedroom, although I've just installed uh, this podcasting equipment here to do this, to get a soundproofing room. Um, so sleep is the, the, the most important things, and I actually have a surround system in my bedroom, uh, a sonar system to kind of play uh, gentle mantras and meditation music while I sleep. Because after you have children, you know, the smallest noise will just wake me up in, at night. Um, and with the hormonal changes in our body that happens over time as we get older, you know, I'm, I'm 40 and, and in one, two months, one and a half months now, <laughs> I'm 40, yay. Um, but that's, this is really a part of a woman's life where things go downwards if you don't do something you know you really have to do things to to good things to your body to nourish it because you will um all of our hormones will decline from this age especially progesterone and progesterone is you know the, the hormone that we produce after ovulation but uh, women of my age <laughs> we don't necessarily ovulate every month so we don't have enough of this progesterone um, and everybody thinks that it's just uh, important for getting pregnant and for fertility but it's really really important for de-stressing and for neurochemistry you take progesterone cream or... no i don't no not yet i might do at some point but um it's not been <laughs> that much of an issue for me um but you can also use I like wild yams cream or stuff yeah i'm not a fan of wild yam creams um because um it's it's kind of well it's you you still alter the the the, the compound that's in uh, wild yam to make it look like progress uh, progesterone it's it's i i would prefer it bioidentically you know made in a lab you still do that to the wild yam because it's not um it's not similar to progesterone in its natural form. So we have mm. to alter it anyway. Um, but I don't take it. I do things that are good for the body to restore the natural cycle and to, uh, to, to have the natural production of progesterone as long as possible, as much of the time that I can. Um, so like vitamin C is essential for ovulation and for uh, not just for ovulation, but for the corpus luteum, which is this sac, the empty sac that the egg was in, um, that gets uh, converted after ovulation to this tissue that produces progesterone in the last part of the, the net, of our cycle. Um, and um, there's so many things that are essential to keep that progesterone going, which is magnesium, iodine, um, and vitamin C. So I, I and B vitamins, 
And I try to get enough of those into my natural diet every day to kind of get my progesterone going because I'm not going to have more kids. I have three, that's far enough. Um, that's, that's enough chaos in my life. Um, but I uh, I still need that natural progesterone to to uh, for my brain chemistry, for my bones and for my skin health and for everything in the body that's not just fertility. Um, and mainly because I know that the progesterone in my brain gets converted um, to allopregnanolone, which is really important for um, the brain's being able to calm down and to sleep better. So that's actually what, why I'm trying to hack my cycle. It's not to make more babies. Um, it is to, yeah, to get that progesterone to work for my uh, stress response and to be more resilient. And you also, men also mentioned the magnesium oil. Is that better than capsules? Yeah. I use I use I use uh, magnesium in any form that I can. I use Epsom salt bath uh, in the bathtub, and I use magnesium uh, creams lotion because I find that better. The salts I think itch too much. It's very um, strong. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I use that mainly for relaxation of the muscle tissue. Um, I don't think there's been any studies that confirm that you can actually uh, the, the magnesium that goes to uh, the derma of your skin, that root of uh, absorption will actually also raise the serum levels. Um, you need still oral uh, magnesium to get those levels up in the serum. Um, but, but it's really good for muscle relaxation. I mean, who doesn't need that? And so I maybe you that can when take, you yeah in the morning and then it's like orally in the morning and then maybe I take it in the evening. I, I do. Uh, I I take my magnesium in the evening, and I just take it. I I used uh, ironized magnesium, um, that you just put boiling water in this powder and then you have this uh, little uh, drink in the evening. Um, I think that's the best for absorption and it works really well for me. Of course, as you get older, you know, don't put too much water in it because then you just have to get up all night and pee. <laughs> so just a strong magnesium shot in the evening. And then taking magnesium um, through the skin, um, you know, just uh, use it in a, a, you know, small top for the feed or you know put it in your bathtub whatever you have put it on as lotion because it has such a really good re um, relaxation uh, for this for the muscles and if you have muscle pain that pain is also a signal to your brain that you need to stress because it's a it's um it, it activates your xpa access because there's inflammation when you have pain there's inflammation and the, that inflammation is a signal to your brain about danger and needing to be alert because there's a possible damage to your body. And that will actually also activate the HPA axis. And that might be one reason why you feel so good after yoga or, or doing things with your, you know, that's getting a massage. That is actually also because you reduce that danger signal for the brain from your muscle tissue. Okay, so oxytocin reduces inflammation? Um, well, in a way it does. Uh, in a way it does. Um, the, the thing that reduces inflammation, uh, well, a lot of good things reduces inflammation. First of all, inflammation is really good for the body. It's uh, the, the first aid for the body when you're injured or you need uh, to heal. It's kind of the first 
part of the healing response. So you do need inflammation. It's essential for survival, like cortisol is. But if you have too much inflammation for a long time, that's bad for the body. So you need to turn it off again, just like you need to do with stress. Stress is good for a short while. When the danger is over, you turn it off. It's the same thing with inflammation. So everything that you can do for your body that turns off the stress response, like more oxytocin, could also affect your levels of inflammation. And one of the most, uh, one of the best ways to raise chronic inflammation uh, is actually being sleep deprived. So when you start to sleep more and take better care of yourself, that will automatically kind of lower those chronic inflammation levels in the body. And I also remember you said something about the, you know, cellulite, cellulites and tissues, and you also uh, mentioned eating enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just yes. like my last question here, like what do you mean about that eating enough? Well, eating enough um, is uh, uh, important because otherwise your body will think it's starving. And that is uh, actually what, what's happening um, when you go on a diet. If you don't get enough food and you train, you work out too much, that will, um, you, your brain will kind of think that there's, uh, you know, there's hunger, famine going on. Um, and it will work on your hormone system the way that it can shut off your fertility, can shut off the signal from the brain to your ovaries so that you will kind of, I see a lot of those clients. Um, I didn't used to do that. Uh, before I've been in practice for like 20 years now and I didn't use to see those um, girls for um, my practice um, I, I saw more overweight people who you know ate too much but now it's kind of changed into seeing all of these girls being overly healthy and working out far too much and not getting enough to eat and that's kind of the the next gen uh, health problems i think because they are overly concerned about um how they eat and early concerned about eating too much and then they actually shut off their own ovulation and it creates a havoc of stress in the female body when you don't have your ovulation because you need progesterone to to you know support everything in in your brain in your body from your brain chemistry to your digestion to your skin you know even your eyes has uh, progesterone receptors so when you stress too much uh, chronically for a prolonged time like not eating enough or working out too much um you will actually shut off the the female hormone uh, production with your estrogens and your progesterone and it will totally just wreak havoc. Most people don't think that it, it makes a difference. You know, the, the only thing that you need those hormones for are for reproducing. So if you're not, you know, contemplating getting pregnant, uh, it won't be a problem and your doctor will just put you on the pill or something like that. Um, but it is a huge problem because those hormones are so, so, so important, especially for your brain chemistry and for your resilience to stress. There's actually done uh, a lot of studies connecting um, um, female mental health and depression to the use of the, the birth control pill. Um, so because when you're on the pill, you don't produce any progesterone. It's kind of uh, knocking out your ovulation and there's no of your own female hormones 
um, there's this uh, syn synthetic um, form of progesterone, but it does not have any of the effects that the, the natural progesterone has, um, especially for um, stress resilience. So I think that's, that's, that is what I mean by eat enough. It's not eat too much, but it is eat until you, in, until satiety, you know, you need enough, you need enough protein, you don't need enough fibers and, and fibers is also carbohydrates. So, you know, eating starchy things that will really um, fill up that uh, satiety par parameter, um, which, which makes you feel, you know, contemplated and fulfilled and, and you can go a long way on those starchy carbs. Um, What about stress and breakfast and blood sugar? That is my last question. I'm just like, there's wow. so much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really um, it's really an individual uh, choice. I think you should eat what, and, you know, what makes you feel good. Um, and for some people, it works really well to not eat in the morning and to eat breakfast later. And for some people it doesn't. And it's it's all really down to biochemical individuality, but also down to um, down to individual lifestyles. Because if you wake up at five uh, and there's stress and small children, and uh, you know, it, it might be smarter to, to eat something earlier. There are a lot of studies that show that it's really good for blood sugar regulation, apoptosis and everything in the body to uh, do this um, um, intermittent fasting where you just, you know, eat your breakfast later on. And I think it's good. it works really well for me, but there's also uh, some that it doesn't work for. So I think it all comes down to really listening to your body. And, and when you're stressed, changes. So like yeah, it does. Cycles, sometimes I can go hours without and sometimes I'm like, I need it. So that's why it's important to be flexible. It is. And I think that's with all of our health regimens at, at, at the moment, um, what we really need is to learn ourselves more about chemistry, our own chemistry and our food's chemistry. Um, and, and, and then incorporate that. So yeah, you have that knowledge in your body and you know how to talk to your body and you have, you know, you have the, the guidebook, the translation for your inner chemical uh, language, which is what your body all of the time is trying to, to communicate to you. It's like a compass, but the, the danger is that when, when today, when our body speaks and sometimes it yells, uh, we just knock out that compass with painkillers and coffee and and kind of, you know, when we're tired, we drink coffee instead of resting. And when we have uh, a headache, we take painkillers instead of getting a massage or getting enough magnesium and trying to figure out, well, why do I have this headache? Um, why is my life so stressful? So it's kind of, it's, it's so stupid because when you're out to sea and you're lost, you would never just, say oh my god i'm lost at sea let's knock out the compass so i don't recognize I, i can't see how lost i am you know it's the same thing that we do to the body we just you know we don't want to listen to it we just have to perform all of the time and the body can't perform all of the time you need rest to be able to perform so it's absolutely okay to turn on netflix to listen to a good podcast and do like unnecessary things which I think are necessary 
yeah, unnecessary things are the best things to do. Things that you, you know, don't read in a magazine um, for pleasure. Things that not don't necessarily look pretty on Instagram to do. And just binge Netflix. Um, I, I do this. Um, I, I actually call it Netflix therapy for some of my clients. There's clients that come that are most stressful and m- most um, um that really wants to know a quick plan. So what supplements can I take? I can work out, I can do, you know, they're so hyped about doing things. And I'm just like, well, you need to do nothing now. Um, so I'm taking all of your supplements and then I'm putting you on Netflix therapy. And then they have to <laughs> eat starchy carbohydrates and uh, and watch Netflix. Um, and that's actually pretty, if you like in that hyper state of stress, that can be quite difficult for some people, some women especially. Yeah, and it's and it's because it it seems so numbing and dull. And 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 what are the uh, output of it? You know, you're not producing anything. You're just uh, vegetating. But you do <laughs> and have you that. yeah, you do have different courses uh, that people can go to, like cortisol yeah. yoga. You have cellulite. Um, courses where you, can, where you work morally about the inner you know deeper tissues it's not about how you look that's a bonus but really deeply into like how to heal the body from within and balance it and de-stressing like naturally in your daily life so and uh, now at the end where can people like find you or where do they start with your work because you do so many things yeah well well mainly these days i focus on um the education and teaching of hormone therapists um and uh that's that's a big part of my my work we we do um all of the um the more um nerdy things about hormone chemistry and hormone balance and it's a it's a two-year program uh that you can take if you have um um, um health certification of some some kind um so that's that's what my main work is, but I also just have a regular website, carolinefeedback.dk, uh, um, where I have uh, courses and I share tips and tricks and everything, but I also run courses and I write books. I, I have a book out in Norwegian actually, um, and um, I can try to say it in Norwegian. It's Hormonel Harmony. That's <laughs> Swedish. Oh damn it! <laughs> but I have the book in my cafe. I don't. I think somebody took it, but I always like. Oh, I always yeah. have it like in my little library in one of the cafes. It's so yeah. It's, so good. it's really less essential and and core, you know, about yeah. the hormones, and it's very higgly. It is, and that's something we really need to spread to the world. You know, higgly, the the Norwegian and Danish and Swedish um word for um you know comfort and everything nice and you know yeah i'm making a new menu now at the the cafes and one of the lattes i'm making is called hygge latte and it's reishi shika roast cinnamon vanilla coconut sugar and milk wow yeah it's good yeah it's really calming and and hygge (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is it is the best word um, the hygge, because it also takes all kind of the uh, seriousness out of stress reduction and meditation. You know, you, you kind of 
need it, it sounds like to do stress reduction which i hate to call it uh but comforting things and good things for yourself you know you have to be a yogi you have to be thin you have to be in really good shape to get into those positions and you have to be really good at meditating uh but you don't need any of those it's it is really good to do yoga and it is really good to meditate but if you don't like it you know it won't be good for you um there's so many things in hygge that we can use um that will be really really good for our health and we're so good, good at it in the nordic countries because we have these long dark cold winters and it's just you know in a short while it will be dark here at like uh, four o'clock in the evening um and then you can't do a lot of things, but you can light candles and you can sit in front of the fireplace and you can drink hot cacao and you can do stretching or things like that. But it's all it all comes down to wearing uh, wool and comfort, uh, you know, that none of your clothes is is that rigid, you know, you, you wear warm wool sweaters and, and comfy foods, foods, <laughs> clothes. And, and everything feels good on your body and in your body. And, and I think that's a lot about what Hygge is and, and doing that with friends. Exactly. It's community and, and friendships and being social and introvert at the same time. Yeah. I, it, it's about like life, simple pleasures. That's the thing. It's so simple yeah. and it's so important and accessible. It is. It is accessible to everybody. Yeah, that's so amazing. So I'm gonna round off now. I think we have okay. I love this episode. It just turned yeah. so many ways. I was. I just. This is all I'm interested in. We talked about everything that I love. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, the best job. It's amazing. It's perfect episode before the weekend because I'm just gonna sit with my gua sha and my oils. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, that is the best hygge. I love that sitting with yeah. my guasha and my oils, and then watching Netflix and yeah, uh, and buy some magazines. You know, I I yeah. always buy like Danish costume. L like I love Danish yeah. magazines because it's like it feels real and really good. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I love that as well. Just reading. You know, I, I used to before I had kids. I used to love uh, reading books because I'm really you know like a bookworm. I just devour um books but now I'm just, it's so stressful to read books because when you have children you just get this always something asking if someone asking about and then in, you know intruding on my personal space so it kind of, it's kind of more stressful now so Netflix you know that's perfect because you can just I do so much in my everyday life that is um being you know that is you know with a purpose i write about hormones and i i talk to clients and i do all of those things and i garden and i so when i really need to relax i don't want to sit in a closet and mess meditate i just really really want to to relax and i think that's massage and a taking um a dip in the hot top and i'm in my top and making my body feel really good and really relaxed you know and massaging safe. and and safe exactly mm. and i think it's one of the most important things and then going to bed early mm. like safety and nervous system all this just like okay i'm safe yes oh. and then naturally deep breaths are coming it's better for me yes. to feel safe and relaxed than starting to deeply breathe because it doesn't work anyway Breath is exactly. such a nice, so natural when you relax it just deep. 
Yes, exactly. I start about feeling safe in these times, you know, it, it gets more, you have to do uh, some more uh, work to feel safe in these times. And um, so I start every morning with, I get up really early because I have a, I have a dog and we get out into the garden and it's so cold now and it's frosty. And um, as he runs around, I'm just asking myself several times, is this a friendly universe? <laughs> like um, Albert Einstein did, because you know, what's it all about if you don't believe that this is a friendly universe? And I I, I, do, I do that every time, every day, because, you know, being um, um, an entrepreneur in these times with corona and lockdowns and now the war and prices going up, you know, there's so much uncertainty and there's so much that you could be stressed about um, that it really takes an effort to not be stressed and especially to, to feel safe in these times. Mm-hmm. And I just start my day off with those questions for myself, because if I don't, you know, it's so easily uh, when you watch the news and everything is, you know, horrible prices going up, the war and everything. Um, and I don't put those things aside, but I just want, don't, I don't want to live in my personal universe uh, with all of those danger signs everywhere. I, I want to live in a friendly universe even though I think the world isn't always that friendly, my universe is friendly. And imagine what what could be a better way to help others and than to be in an abundant feeling of I'm safe and I have something yeah. to give. And uh, what you said at the beginning as well, be in use, be useful. It's extremely yes. healthy and meaningful deep down, you know, and I believe that's mo- most de-stressing for me is to, help others in some way like to be in use and to create something nice for others yes definitely good i just got a new name for this latte it will be named comfort higge latte i just need those (laughs) (laughs) this menu is just like rolling in my mind and i'm just it's it's all about lattes tonics you know toddy blueberry apple cinnamon you know (laughs) I'm coming. Yeah, <laughs> I'm coming on a, a ship to, to Norway. You will get cacao, ceremonial cacao with lion's mane, reishi, and yeah, MCT oil. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to round off here. So thank you so much for listening. I will put the Carolina's website on the show notes. So you can all click there. And you know where to follow this podcast if you want to continue listening. And I wish you the most beautiful day and just relax and if you're angry and you want to hit something just do it you don't have to be balanced look balanced just feel everything and i think that's one of the things i take from this episode just let feelings be free thank you so much thank you for coming caroline (laughs) thank you